0: love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well look no further and join me, Katie with your the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into
1: unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the
0: history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.
1: If you like this podcast, can we recommend another one? the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the box of oddities.
2: You want to know how gross we are? Well, here's the thing. Uh, We just... Weird
0: way to start. Yeah,
2: it it kind of is, Um, but we have had this thing. Who's going to clean the fridge out? Well, it's your turn to clean. I'm not going to clean. You clean the fridge out. So we decided the other day we were going to do it together, and we cleaned the fridge out. That's us. Teamwork. And we found uh, a sealed bowl. What kind of bowl is that?
0: It's like a Pyrex bowl.
2: With one of those vacuum-sealed tops to it, full of something that looks like some sort of a um, chipotle mayonnaise. It
0: was some sort of sauce. Sauce
2: that you had concocted.
0: I think you made it, but okay.
2: It's been in there since before the live show, so probably sometime mid-January.
0: I have no recollection of when it made its way into that fridge.
2: So obviously, we don't want to throw away that beautiful Pyrex bowl, so it's been sitting on our cupboard, and it's kind of been an unspoken thing. Um, Who's going to clean it out? It's been days now. Neither one of us have even brought it up yet. It's still sitting there on the counter.
0: Yeah. When are you going to get to that? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, I did not make that. I you... think you did. No, you made that and you put it in there. So... I My... think
0: you made it. I think it's Big Mac sauce and I think that you made it.
2: If it's Big Mac sauce, I will throw it away, but I'm pretty sure it's not Big Mac sauce. Well,
0: why don't you go ahead and open it up <laughs> no. and check it out. I... And that way we'll know, and we can move forward uh, appropriately. I got to go, though. Um, go ahead and open that up.
2: Let's open it right now on the podcast. I'm going to go get it.
0: We're oh, don't open it, open it, right it right in here, though. Yeah, I'm going to open it right in here. This is our bedroom. It's a sacred place. Oh. I'm opening it. Can you do it on the deck? Oh, God.
2: Here it comes. No oh, God,
0: no. No, I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous.
2: That's the vacuum seal. That's the Pyrex.
0: No, it's going to smell bad, and then we're going to have to sit in here with the smell while we record. That's going to be... I'm
2: opening the deck.
0: Okay. Oh! It's the uh, spicy chicken sauce that I made. Remember... (coughs) (laughs) You remember when I made those uh, spicy chicken sandwiches? (coughs) I threw it off the deck. That was your own doing. I'm
2: okay, let's go. Ooh, (laughs) that was
0: rough. Well, you put your face right in it. What do you think is... I I wanted to
2: determine whether or not it was Big Mac sauce. And I find it interesting that as soon as I took a big whiff of it, you recognized what it was.
0: It just came to me.
2: Uh Let's move along, shall we?
0: It's because of the bits in it. I didn't notice the bits before. And once you opened it, I saw the bits and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. Mm -hmm. Do you like that? Do you feel vindicated? (laughs)
2: I feel vindicated and a little nauseated. I. Uh... All right, go ahead.
0: Okay. So we've talked a couple of times about what we want done with our bodies when we kick it. Yeah. Um, and we've got some great ideas, I think. Uh, overall, we just want not to be A burden uh, to our families or the earth. And uh, after that, we're kind of flexible.
2: I want to be a funhouse prop.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's interesting that you say that when Angel Luis Pantojas was alive, he had said that he wanted to be on his feet all the time, even when he was no longer alive. And his family, when he passed away, wanted to honor his wishes. And Marin Funeral Home in San Juan, Puerto Rico, made their request a reality.
2: I think I know what this is. I think, oh, this is, okay, go.
0: His funeral, which is called a Muerto Pereo, which translates to dead man standing, featured Pantoja's corpse wearing one of his everyday outfits, jeans, long sleeve tee, what looks to be Converse sneakers, uh, standing in the corner of the room of the funeral home for the three-day wake.
2: Yes. I saw pictures of this. It's it's remarkable.
0: It really is. And the community was so impressed by the fact that the funeral home was able to pull this off and make the family's wishes a reality that when David Morales Colon passed away, His family wanted to do something similar, but take it a step further. Cologne had always told his family that he didn't want a traditional funeral. And so when he passed, they had his body embalmed and placed on his Honda motorcycle.
2: I've seen that one, too. That's the one that really stuck in my mind. It's incredible. He He looks like he's really enjoying his last ride.
0: That's right. And his family, of course, wanted to remember him doing something that he loved. Now, keep in mind, he was not buried with his motorcycle, but his entire funeral did feature him posed on the motorcycle.
2: Is this becoming more and more a popular thing?
0: It seems to be very localized.
2: This is in Puerto... Puerto I want to say this right.
0: Oh, geez. Couldn't you Puerto, just say Puerto Rico?
2: Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. Puerto, 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 Puerto you can Puerto overtrill. That's is all I'm
0: saying. Rico!
2: Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico. <laughs>
0: <clears throat> also in San Juan, Edgardo Velasquez, <laughs> Velasquez
2: Velasquez
0: Velasquez requested that his family honor his occupation. He was very dedicated to being an EMT, and so Marin Funeral Home honored his wishes by displaying his body in his EMT uniform inside an ambulance. They posed him Ooh. driving the ambulance, thus celebrating his life's work on his final day.
2: Did they bring the ambulance into uh, they did. the chapel or the
0: funeral home? It was they, the funeral home. Wow. And this keeps going. Christopher Riviera. Was a boxer and wanted to be remembered as such. So Marin Funeral Home set up a makeshift boxing ring, stood him up in the corner of it in his boxing outfit with the little shiny shorts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Renato Garcia loved the Green Lantern and loved dressing up as the Green Lantern. So his family had him dressed in his Green Lantern costume doing the thing that he loved during his funeral.
2: Wow. Okay. That must have been surreal.
0: I would imagine.
2: Can you imagine like you're a friend of a friend and you're going to support your friend. You really don't know this guy Mm -hmm. and you have no idea what to expect and you walk into the funeral home and there's dead green lantern.
0: Well, some people do have a problem with it. Um, There are those that have said that it's disrespectful. There are those that have claimed that it's sacrilegious. But Elise Rodriguez, who's the vice president of the funeral home, says that it's been a real boom in, in Puerto Rico and that people have requested every type of funeral that you could actually think of. She said that most requests are coming from people who are no, nowhere near death, uh, but they have made their wishes known, which wow. is actually kind of amazing. Yeah. Oh, my coffee's done. Hold on.
2: Hold on. There are certain things that have priority here. Alexa,
0: stop. Okay. There you go. So it's nice that people are actually um, making their wishes known. Sure. Maybe they're a little different, but so often people do pass away and their wishes are not known and people don't know what to do with your body.
2: Has anybody done a clown yet? Because that'd be freaky.
0: I haven't seen a clown.
2: You know, like a shriner.
0: I don't, I don't know. wants,
2: Wants to go to his eternal reward in his clown suit.
0: I suppose we could Google it.
2: I'm going to make a note to Google that. Go ahead.
0: Okay. Rodriguez says this is not a fun or a funny event and that the family suffers less because they get to see their loved ones the way that they would have been happy and the way that they were happy in life. According to the Washington Post, Puerto Rico's Department of Health has actually looked into this process and has concluded that no laws are being broken, that even though some people don't like it, that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with that. Right. Uh, Marin Funeral Home has kept their signature embalming process a total secret because they've been very successful at making these bodies look very alive and keeping them st- dirty during the process um, so it's legal but we don't know exactly what goes into it
2: did you see that post that I put up on the Jethro page of the living statue guy who looked like he was walking into the wind
0: yes that was so amazing and
2: he had like wires in his clothing so his clothing looked as though it was blowing in the wind and he had gelled his hair so it looked like the wind was blowing his hair back and he was a just a living person but He was a living statue. He looked like he was a guy walking into the wind. That would be cool to do, like, with a guy on the motorcycle. That
0: would be cool. You know?
2: Combine those two art forms, I say, for my pleasure.
0: (laughs) In 2012, uh, what's called extreme embalming funerals hit New Orleans. There was a man named Lionel Batiste. He was a drummer in the famed Treme Brass Band. And he had asked a local funeral home to lean him next to his bass drum, his hand resting on the cane that he always carried. He didn't want people looking down on him when he was at his funeral. So he wanted to be standing up next to his bass, doing the thing, that represented as he was in life
2: i love it i i did i read about that too and from what i recall the lines to view the body went around the block people who didn't even know him wanted to come and and check this out
0: well it's also i mean he was it would have been i think probably a combination of things because he was part of a band that was well known in the region and You know, so I'm sure Sure. there were fans. But also, there's a little bit of a looky-loo factor Absolutely. In Ohio, Billy Stanley, who was 82 when he passed away, he was buried in a glass casket astride his beloved Harley Davidson Electra Glide Cruiser.
2: Nice.
0: He had asked his family that that he be memorialized in this way. The casket was actually made so that it could be towed behind a vehicle. So he... was riding to his own burial.
2: Oh, God, that is that is wonderful. I love that. In a glass
0: that. casket. It's so cool. Wow. Um, he had started funeral preparations himself by buying three large plots next to his wife, Lorna, uh, that were big enough to accommodate him and his bike.
2: So they, they did bury his they Harley. They buried
0: his Harley. Wow. No, stop it.
2: Do you know where that was exactly?
0: Back in New Orleans, Miriam Burbank, who was a Saints fan... Her daughters had the funeral home arrange her body for the funeral sitting at a table dressed in black and gold with a menthol cigarette between her fingers (laughs) and a can of bush beer at her side. It was actually quite an elaborate set that they had arranged. There was a picture of a loved one on the table next to her. Uh, There was a glass of wine nearby, a bottle of Jack Daniels. Nope. Jim Beam in the background. It was very... Elaborate. And uh, the, her family said that this is the way that she wanted to be remembered.
2: And they photographed that. Yeah. Okay, that's cool because that is the current contemporary version of Victorian death photos. A hundred years from now, people will find these photos and say, those guys were weird.
0: <laughs> it's... um. It is weird, but it's weird because
2: it's just different it's different. I love it.
0: In April of twenty fourteen, there was a service for Mickey Easterling. She was a socialite and a proficient party hostess in New Orleans. Her daughter spoke with reporters and said, My mother had told me years ago, I want to be at my own funeral having a glass of champagne in one hand and a cigarette in the other. And so there she was at her funeral, greeting her funeral guests from an elegant bench in the lobby of a historic downtown theater. Oh, my God. Dressed to the nines, like big fancy hat with the veil. It was a whole thing. She was obviously the life of the party, maybe also the life of her funeral, which is weird.
2: Or the death of a party.
0: Sure, so Mr. Charbonnet, one of the owners of the New Orleans funeral home that we were talking about, spoke with the New York Times, acknowledging that he was not the first to do this and mentioned that in 1984, the funeral of Willie Stokes Jr., a Chicago gambler known as the Wimp, featured him at the funeral Seated behind the wheel of a coffin made to look like a Cadillac Seville. Wow. It was pretty fancy. Wow. Mr. Charbonnet boasted that his 132-year-old funeral home is well known for big, different funerals. And told reporters that a couple of weeks before this interview, they had had a mariachi band as part of a funeral. And there are, again, haters. He actually refers to the haters uh, during this interview and is receiving texts from haters (laughs) during the interview and chuckling as he reads them. Other funeral directors especially uh, have a problem with this. They, again, state that it's disrespectful, though... It's not doing things against the the person's wishes. Thank you. The vice president of the Marin Funeral Home in Puerto Rico, when she was speaking to this practice, said that there are things that they won't do. Obviously, she said that there are things that they they would not partake in, that they won't pose them in certain positions, that they won't have them wearing certain things that they they do keep it clean, if you will. Uh And Mr. Charbonnet admitted that his wife is one of the people who does not approve of the way that they handle these extreme funerals, if you will, Hmm. um, which must make things kind of difficult going home at the end of the day.
2: Conversation around the dinner table is probably awkward.
0: But... Obviously, there have been uh, local priests involved in these funerals. They're obviously giving the okay. And besides that, they're honoring the family's wishes. And in the end, that's really the thing that matters. Sure,
2: yeah. And as you stated before, it's not like they are doing something with the body that the person didn't know was coming. I mean, they they wanted this to happen. Yes. It's not like... Uncle Joe is dead, let's pose him in a funny way. Right. It's not like that. No. Although that would be fun.
0: And it would be, in my opinion, more disrespectful to complete a funeral against their wishes. So, yeah, right. So, for instance... The bass drum player from that band in New Orleans, he didn't want people looking down on him during his funeral. So wouldn't it have been more disrespectful to put him in a coffin and have people looking down on him? Absolutely. I think so. Absolutely. Anyway, um, that's Standing Funerals. A good day.
2: I love that some of the people like to do this with the idea in mind of portraying what they loved to do in life or what they did as a vocation. We, if we go together, mm-hmm. let's say which I plan to. Okay, well, keep you know, that in mind. Hopefully, wink, it'll wink. be many, 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 many years in the future. But if we do, we should uh, have them prop us up in front of a couple microphones mm. in our podcast position.
0: I don't think that's how I would want to be displayed. How
2: would you want to be displayed? <sighs>
0: I don't know that I particularly want to be displayed. Mm. That's, I don't think, my style.
2: I always wanted to be a really good golfer in life, and I know that's not going to happen. So maybe they could just pose me in a beautiful Jack Nicholson type of driving posture, like the top of a a golf trophy, Jack Nicholas. I always get those two confused.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, you should definitely be posed like Jack Nicholson. (laughs) With a golf club. (laughs) Or an axe. Like, what is happening here? (laughs) Here's Johnny.
2: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
0: See, that I would find yeah, terribly yeah. amusing.
2: Damn it. I always <laughs> I always get those two names confused, and I know the difference. It's fine. Jack Nicholas. Just
0: refer to Arnold Palmer from now on.
2: Yeah.
0: <laughs> uh, if we're going to pose you like Jack Nicholson, you're going to have to be on a yacht with a bunch of young ladies around you. Well,
2: that's okay, too.
1: <laughs> There's a reason you didn't hear this at the start of the podcast. This is That Thing in the Middle.
2: People will complain about anything. Uh, Here are some cringeworthy and uh, crazy travel complaints.
0: Number five. A reviewer of a beach in Thailand stated, the beach was too sandy.
2: You don't want sand when you go to a beach. (laughs) Number four. We were on a canoe trip, but were very disappointed that no one had told us there would not be a bathroom on board. It was very inconvenient. One star.
0: Number three. No one told us there would be fish in the sea. The children were startled.
2: (laughs) Number two, my trip was ruined when I got sunburned and got sick because of it. They should warn you that the sun is brighter in Mexico than it is in the United States. I would have used sunscreen, one star.
0: And number one, on my holiday in India, I was disgusted to find that almost every restaurant served curry. I don't even like spicy food.
1: The only podcast that once shot a man for snoring too loud and wound up a New York sports writer. This is The Box of Oddities.
2: We mentioned in our last episode that we may be going back on the road again with some live shows in the not-too-distant future, and we received a lot of messages and uh, emails, people suggesting places that we uh, we should do a show. We're not ready to announce a whole lot other than we will be doing some shows the week of halloween
0: yes and we are booked and ready to go for two two venues
2: um, right now a third one is being worked, worked out, out.
0: And like we've always said, if you have suggestions, we do love hearing them. But more importantly, tell the venues that you want them to have us, because that's really the the better way uh, we can't, you know. Yeah. Dear Grand Old Opry, my name's Kat. I would like (laughs) to do a thing at your thing. Can we do a thing at your thing?
2: (laughs) It's so funny that you did a story about dead bodies because um, I'm doing a story about a dead body.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is
2: with this weird synchronicity? I
0: don't know. This is three episodes in a row. I'm
2: going to talk about the uh, bizarre exhumation of Peter Winstip. Peter Winstip. He was born April 30th, 1605 and died December 28th, 1679. He was the Bishop of Lund in Scania, which is a region that uh, is now modern day Sweden. But while he was alive, it was, uh, during his period, it was, it was uh, ruled by both Danish and Swedish sovereignty at different times. Nord, 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 Nord Nordland. Nordland. I have you down for two queens. Winstup was born in Copenhagen, which was then part of the Denmark-Norway empire. He was the son of Peter Jensen Winstrup, bishop of something I can't pronounce. Excellent. He had quite a, quite a storied life. He graduated the University of Copenhagen in 1633. In 1635, he was appointed royal chaplain in the household of King Christian IV. He was awarded a doctorate in theology in 1636 and then was made bishop of Lund in 1638, according to Wikipedia. So when he died, they buried him at um, the cathedral.
0: Like in a coffin?
2: Well, it it was, you know, a crypt, like they would have...
0: That seems terribly boring.
2: In uh, Lund Cathedral. Yeah. He wanted to be propped up on his ox cart, but uh, people had an issue with it. And sure. so they just buried him in a stone crypt. And there he stayed in the cathedral crypt until June of 2015 when they decided that they were going to move him to the Northern Tower.
0: Okay. Do we know why?
2: I looked a number of different uh, sources. That nobody cites why. I okay. don't know. Okay. So, the team of researchers and archaeologists and uh, authorities all entered the uh, crypt in June of uh, 2015 to remove and relocate him. They thought they'd take the opportunity to open it up and take a peek sure, because yeah. who wouldn't want to do that? Obviously. So, they did, and they were shocked at what they saw. This guy's been dead for 350 years, and he looked like he died like yesterday. What? He was amazingly well-preserved, to the point where you can hold a picture of his corpse up next to a portrait that was painted of him when he was alive and you can tell it's the same person.
0: That's insane. Was the crypt filled with peat bog?
2: You're onto the right idea here. Really? He looked a little dusty, you know. Sure. Because <laughs> he'd been dead for 350 years, but he was so well-preserved that his, you know, he still had his full beard. He looked like he was just asleep. He he w- he had been sick before his death, so he was thin. But other than that, his clothes perfectly preserved. No. He had a little frilly frock on. What? They were amazed. So before they, they amazed. took him to his new location, they received permission to take him to run some tests primarily a cat scan initially they wanted to see what the heck was going on there sure. they discovered some amazing things this guy i'm going to show you pictures that you're not going to freaking believe it usually in a body that that's that well preserved mm-hmm. the internal organs have been removed that was not the case
0: oh so he was fully intact
2: he was he was not embalmed in any way in a in a traditional manner the body was in such good condition that it stumped them. They didn't really understand what, was, what the deal was. What they did learn from the tests was the first results showed this is how well preserved he was. He had dried fluid and mucus in his sinuses still.
0: Oh, my goodness.
2: Which indicated that uh, he had been bedridden for a long time before he had died. And I'm getting this right from the Lund University website. Okay. Calcifications in the lung indicated uh, both tuberculosis and pneumonia. Plaque was found in the left coronary artery of his heart, the aorta, and the carotid artery, indicating that the uh, bishop suffered from atherosclerosis. Quote, the gallbladder also has severe gallstones, which could indicate a high consumption of fatty food, according to Carolyn the person who was in charge of this project
0: well that makes sense at that time period probably a lot of
2: mutton uh,
0: yeah fatty meats
2: yep also his his teeth were pretty rotted out so they determined high fat high sugar diet Mm -hmm. which was common for people who operated in that level of society he also suffered from osteoarthritis in both his knee and hip joints in addition his right shoulder was slightly higher than his left due to uh, an injury in a tendon in his uh, shoulder.
0: He was not doing well. No,
2: well, he was 74 when he died, and that was really guess friggin' old. at that old. time,
0: that was old, yeah.
2: So this all would have limited uh, Winstrip's mobility, making it difficult for him to carry out simple everyday tasks, like even, you know, putting his shirt on or combing his hair. So that's what the lab results found. Whew. The most amazing thing to me was after 350 years, he had antiquated snot in his nose. <laughs> That's incredible to me.
0: But did those tests reveal why he was so well-preserved?
2: Here is what they determined, okay. according to world archeology. span The bishop's head rested on a large fluffy silk pillow. It was stuffed with aromatic hops. It also included grain, mostly oats, some barley and rye, very little straw, lots of flowers and seeds. Lavender, lemon balm, dill, juniper, leaves of common box, single seed, several other species as well. The coffin was stuffed entirely with uh, aromatic herbs. The mattress padding was filled with hops, some grain. It was very thin, not very soft, certainly not comfortable for a living person. Beneath the mattress and the pillows, a bed of uh, coarse plant matter. There were wood shavings in there, which was a custom shavings from the coffin they would the woodworker would just put them in the coffin and that tradition lasted until the 20th century by the way
0: interesting
2: now the reason they did this was because his funeral wasn't until one month after he died
0: oh so they wanted lots of aromatics and such so that okay got it
2: and they were placed in the coffin to add a pleasant smell at the funeral or to at least disguise the the stench of the body poor people were buried within a day or two, but he was high society. And for high society, funeral dignitaries would, would come from all over the place. Mm. So this was a necessity.
0: I want to be surrounded by lavender and lemon balm now. That sounds nice.
2: So it was determined that the good condition of the body was the result of several factors. It was all of the plant matter and the herbs that helped uh, dry the body out. It was the constant airflow of where the body was located, a long period of illness resulting to the body becoming lean, death and burial during the winter months of December Mm -hmm. and being kept in a cold, dry crypt. So it was all just a combination of, of these things that caused him to look like he just died.
0: Right. It's like how you store potatoes.
2: It's exactly how you store potatoes or other root vegetables. Here's an interesting twist. Oh, okay. When they were doing the CAT scan mm-hmm. of the body. Oh, oh they you did- just
0: got so close. Okay, hold on. Let yeah. me in. <laughs> scooch in.
2: Scooch okay. in. Okay. They noticed something strange under his feet, and they investigated. They lifted his feet up and wrapped in a bundle under his feet was a dead baby. <gasps> it was actually a fetus, four to five months old. Why is that there? What is that all about?
0: Under his feet.
2: They tucked him under his feet.
1: Interesting.
2: There's all kinds of speculation as to what that's all about. Some people say, maybe this child was his. That would have been quite scandalous at the time.
0: What would have been scandalous? Because was he, was he not with?
2: He was not married. He was not married. Okay. Right, and he was a bishop.
0: Oh, yeah, no, that makes sense.
2: This was a fetus that was four, five, six months along in uh, in the process and had been dead for a while. At be- the
0: time of burial?
2: At the time that it was tucked inside the...
0: Uh, interesting. Yeah. That's an- even more interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah. So there's the theory that maybe there was something strange going on there. But they say probably it's more likely that uh, when children were born prematurely, they often weren't given proper Christian funerals. And some people would take the remains and hide them in church walls.
0: Sneak them in.
2: Or underneath the floors. And so probably what has happened is just that. That there was a miscarriage and that the remains were kept until Peter died because he was on his deathbed for a while. Mm-hmm and then when they put him in there they put the remains in underneath of his remains
0: something about that feels very cinematic to me like i can see a movie being made about the plight of this couple that work closely with the bishop and they have a failed pregnancy and they're trying to figure out how to honor their their loved one and then this opportunity arises, and they're waiting patiently for him to die. And then, uh, you know, you see how the movie's going to go.
2: Yeah. No, I think that that's probably exactly what happened. It makes how, sense. However, they said they were, they were going to do um, DNA testing to see if, if the two were related. Sure. This was back in 2016 that they said they were going to do DNA testing. I can't find anywhere on the interwebbleness The results of any DNA testing, or even if they have been done, Mm. what I do know is that they had a second funeral.
0: For the bishop or for the the fetus remains?
2: Yes. Apparently, they did rebury them together. Fifteen months after being exhumed, the remains of the 17th century bishop Peter Winstrup, uh, along with the mysterious remains of a human fetus discovered at his feet, were returned to Lund Cathedral December of 2015.
0: Wow. Now, did they repackage him so that he would continue to be well-preserved?
2: They did, yes. They set him up good. Cool. Set him up wicked good, bub. (laughs) No, they said that they wanted to continue the preservation for future generations. Uh, They were able to, in the testing, also determine types of bacteria that uh, that were inside his remains, Mm -hmm. which also helped uh, them learn the state of uh, that part of society during that period of time so that's
0: fascinating it
2: it really is and here is a picture of him at his second funeral
0: oh wow isn't that amazing yeah i mean he he's all brown
2: yeah but
0: yeah no that's really oppressive
2: pretty remarkable and that be the story of bishop peter winston
0: that's really interesting yeah
2: yeah it's weird really weird there's more pictures I'll show you and you, know, yes, please. you can post some of those. So that's what I have for you today. Hey, if you listen on iTunes and you get a chance and you want to give us a, a positive review, five star rating, we appreciate it. It helps us uh, grow the show. Every little bit helps. Like we said, we're just two goofballs in our bedroom in Bangor, Maine. <laughs>
0: Also, many thanks to those who have left nice comments on the YouTube video of our live show. Um, You know, it finally got that up. And uh, people have said nice things. And that's nice.
2: Yes, we appreciate it. We really do. (laughs) We do. We do. You can find us on all the social media. Our website is theboxofoddities.com. There you can find our merch. And uh, pretty soon... Details about live shows. Details about live shows. That's right. Well, that's it for today. We'll
1: see you on Thursday.
0: Until then, keep flying that freak flag.
1: Fly it proudly, you beautiful freak. And so, let it be known that the Box of Oddities belongs to you and its fate is in your hands. The Box of Oddities commits to the telling of stories. Stories of the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected. We wish to offer our deeply felt gratitude and appreciation for your patronage. TheBoxOfOddities.com on Facebook at facebook.com slash Box of Oddities Podcast. On Twitter at Box of Oddities, and Instagram at Box of Oddities Podcast. Copyright 2019, all rights reserved.
0: All you need is a few minutes to start your day off with something historic when you listen to the This Day in History podcast. Every day there's a new episode for you to listen and learn about what happened that day way back when. So, listen and subscribe to This Day in History, wherever you get your podcasts. That's This Day in History, wherever you get your podcasts.